This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. Angrez apna lagan aur news laundry apna hafta kabhi nahi chhodte. Welcome to the 431st episode of News Laundry Hafta. We are recording this on the 4th of May, Thursday at 3 in the afternoon. I am going to be coming to London and we'll be having a subscriber meet. We have got about 60 confirmation so far i will give you little more details about the subscriber meet later on this episode hope to see you there hope you're contributing to our press freedom fund i will tell you a little more about that as well but first we will talk about what's happened in the country through the headlines after i have introduced our guests for the week in the studio with me is raman kripal hi and that's it there's no one else in the studio because manisha is traveling and anand is in patna and but he is joining us on the phone line hi anand hello hope to see you in town next week yes yes joining us on the phone line from bangalore is dhanya rajendran hi dhanya dhanya rajendran what did yes. i say dhanya rajendran you said dhanya so what is dhan what's the difference just now you said it correctly dhanya right dhanya yes dhanya 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 that's what you're saying basically i'm <laughs> taking the r too long <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yes, North India. We will we will talk about it later because every hafta you pronounce my name differently. Okay, I I have the same problem with Pinray Vijayan. Every huh. week I'm corrected okay, on I. That's way worse. It happens than how you now. Like that, yeah. like in in North India, my name they call call me Raman. When I go to South, they call me Raman. Right. So, so uh, Dhanya is. a journalist i'm sure everybody who's listening knows who she is she's the co-founder and editor in chief of the news minute she's worked at times now new indian express and other mediocre organizations before she founded news minute which is a top quality organization she has been named the 2022 recipient of the chameli devi jain award for outstanding women media persons congrats dhanya thank you amazing achievement very proud of your work and we are very proud news laundry just announced that we will be to our uh, sub- uh, mail had gone to our subscribers and i'm hoping news minute also announced that to their subscribers that we have just entered into a collaboration arrangement where we shall be doing a variety of things together whether it is shows investigations podcasts you will see as this whole plan unveils but you have already done the first two three episodes of the joint productions of news minute and news laundry right in bangalore with manisha and atul yes we have done so where did you guys travel to My colleague Pooja actually travelled with um, Manisha to Sri Rangapatnam, Mysore, and all that. Yeah. Right. Okay. Chalo. So we'll get a lot more about that. Also joining us is Rahul Verma. Hi, Rahul. Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. Hi. And where are you right now? I'm in Delhi. You are in Delhi. Okay. So Rahul is a fellow at the Center for Policy Research. He is a visiting professor in the Department of Political Science at Ashoka University. His research interests include voting behaviour, party politics. political violence and media he's a regular columnist for various news platforms he's been published in the asian survey economic and political weekly and studies and in indian politics it's that's the name of another platform the last one i'm not too familiar with studies in indian politics is that it's, right it's a journal it's a journal i see so thank you for joining us rahul thank you before we proceed any further i have an important announcement we have just launched a press freedom fund Now why is press freedom important I'm sure you all know if you look throughout history when media and news media dies so do various other aspects of a democratic country that's what's important we have launched this fund because we want to do a series of stories which speak about the media whether they are investigations into 
ownership patterns we hope we'll be able to commission a couple of international journalists to write a few columns as well uh, and other such media related stories hopefully some data analysis as well how healthy is the media ecosystem what are the pressures on news organizations etc 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 so to launch the press freedom fund which we did on press freedom day which was the 3rd of may there's a nl sena project up so please go and contribute let's top it up by the 31st of may so in the month of press freedom day we would like you to top it up do contribute because it's important and we have a special offer for subscribers based in london or close by like you know i'm traveling to london for a conference so while i'm there which is going to be the 10th 11th and 12th or 11th 12th 13th uh, we will be having a subscribers meet it will be at the same place that it was held last year we will send you the details so if you are a subscriber and you would like to attend this it's actually priced this conference is priced at 300 pounds in the show notes you can click on the link it's called the ideas for india conference but if you're a newsland subscriber and you're one of the first 5 to contribute 11000 rupees or more to the press freedom fund you can attend the conference for free we will send you a free ticket which actually costs 300 pounds uh, alternatively if you're one of the first 20 subscribers to contribute 2500 rupees or above you'll be able to access the conference at a discounted price of 100 pounds the 100 pound price is actually for members of bridge india which is the think tank that organizes this conference so i repeat If you are one of the first 5 New Zealand subscribers who contributes 11000 rupees or more to the Press Freedom Fund, you can attend this conference for free. And if you are one of the first 20 who contributes 2500 or more, you can access the conference pass for a discount of 100 pounds. Now, why would you want to attend the conference? Certainly not to meet me because you'll meet me anyway in the subscriber meet. We have uh, not we Bridge India has speakers like Raghuram Rajan, Priyanka Chaturvedi, KTR, the Minister for Municipal Administration. and urban development in telangana they have about a dozen or no almost 20 speakers from india across politics journalism investors etc and a whole bunch of speakers from uk and europe including a few politicians from the house of lords commons jo bhi kehte hain from london so you will enjoy this conference you will learn a lot and you will meet interesting people i was there last year as well once you made your contribution to the press freedom fund write to us at subscription at newslaundry.com i repeat subscription at newslaundry.com and our team will do the rest to make sure you get the ticket and access to the conference so meanwhile i will see you on the 13th of may which is a saturday in london we have about 60 to 70 people who have confirmed uh if you are more please write to us at subscription at newslaundry.com i repeat subscription at newslaundry.com we don't want to happen in london what happened in michigan where the amount who confirmed was you know 70% of the amount who landed up and in these foreign countries they are very strict about how many people they allow in a place that is for x amount unlike pandara road market where say uncle adjust kar lo 15 20 aur aa gaye they don't let you sit there so do write to us at subscription at newsland.com so we ensure that the place we book can accommodate everybody who comes let's get into the headlines and then we shall get into the conversation india's ranking in the world press freedom index fell from 150 in 2022 to 161 this year out of 180 countries the media watchdog reporters or borders releases this every year and on tuesday they announced we shall probably hopefully get some sort of analysis insight or opinion from this from rahul who also kind of specializes in this space of research and would have a more informed opinion than let's say mine 
then karnataka election nrc versus bajrang dal ban so the bjp promised in to implement a uniform civil code and a national registry for citizens in its manifesto and the congress promised to ban bajrang dal and popular front of india so this is the com- competition that happening i was just speaking to someone earlier today at a conference and he said the bjp manifesto announcement was delayed by first 10 minutes and half an hour one hour and the journalists who were there just saw uh, yadurappa sitting in a corner little looking a little annoyed because neither was nadda showed up no one showed up so i don't know what that says maybe dhanya can give us a little insight about that then the election commission on tuesday took note of the quote unquote plummeting level of political discourse campaign discourse for the karnataka assembly election and asked political parties to focus on issue based debates so we are very glad election commission takes note of these important things while often ignoring way more serious matters that come up and not having any view on those i think election commission is a bit like margdarshak mandal <laughs> then veteran politician sharad pawar on tuesday stepped down as the president of the nationalist congress party he held the post since the party was formed in 1999 and in a late night scuffle in delhi um wrestlers protesting in delhi jantar mantar uh, alleged that they were manhandled by drunk policemen there was a fracas there we had a reporter there and in fact sakshi joshi who is a youtuber and a journalist has just put out a video on twitter that she was roughed up her camera was snatched by delhi police and uh, she has also in fact said that uh, in manhandling her some of her clothes tore uh, our reporter was there till 2 a yeah so the delhi police covering itself in glory every week and then they wonder why they have such little respect for most people then during the marriage equality petitions hearing on wednesday the center told the supreme court that a panel will be formed to address the concerns of lgbtqia+ community members and the supreme court has said it's you know a welcome step or a positive step but let's see what comes of it then self regulation by news channels has proved to be ineffective and a regulatory authority is needed for it this is what the supreme court judge justice bv nagaratna said on saturday uh now while i agree with her i am not sure her prescription is any better than the problem and we can discuss that a little bit today yeah how the government regulated yeah because i mean anyway because even government regulations failed right it's not like their regulation yes, has worked yes uh their fact check machine has come up with many no not uh, just that within the inb ministry they are supposed to act against hate speech etc yeah. the sudarshan they are not acting yeah. so what makes us think that th- their regulation yeah, so then the supreme court on friday ordered all states and union territories to register cases against instances of hate speech even if no complaint is filed i would recommend don't hold your breath then the baiju is under the ed scanner that's the enforcement directorate baiju is as you know is i think the world's largest education company Uh, the agency on saturday carried out searches at three premises in bangalore uh, linked to baiju ravindran the ceo and they the baiju has said this is regular uh-huh. whatever compliance checks or whatever but doesn't seem that regular yeah, but then then the ed is uh, scanning more or less everyone so yeah. so i don't know whether we should take even ed Not seriously that, that's true then what indian top executives earn in 4 hours of work is equal to what an average worker makes in a year a study by oxfam international on monday showed in fact oxfam every now and then comes up with a report that shows how unequal pay gaps how pay gaps are uh, increasing and uh, what the gini coefficient kehte hai na the how how unequal the distribution of wealth is 
And then the Manipur government imposed a curfew in several districts and suspended mobile internet services in the entire state for five days on Tuesday. Uh, this was after a mass, mass rally organized by the All Tribal Students Union Manipur, which is ATSUM, turned violent. And in fact, Mericom uh, tweeted yesterday, if I'm not wrong, or just today, sorry, this early this morning, she has tweeted, quote, My state, Manipur is burning, kindly help. And she's tagged Narendra Modi, PMO India, Amit Shah, Rajnath Singh Republic, NDTV India Today, unquote. So I I understand that she's distraught and uh, she's posted three photographs of markets and homes and I don't know if that's a church that's on fire, but I see a cross there. I mean, I guess she should tag Narendra Modi, she should tag PMO, she should tag Rajnath Singh. But I'm not sure why she's tagged Republic, NDTV and India Today. One of them is, I think, more well-known for adding to noise rather than reducing it. <laughs> Uh, the other is not sure what it wants to do. And the third is too busy suing us. So I, I don't know what any of them will do, but I, I get her sentiment. And finally, a trailer of the upcoming film, The Kerala Story, sparked outrage this week after the makers claimed that 32,000 women from the state have been converted into Islamic terrorists. And now they've said, no, it's actually your three girls. So from 32,000 to three is what they've come up with. But I'm guessing they said it could be anyone. Vipul Shah, who uh, in the has in the past been known to make quite non-controversial films, regular movies, mediocre types. In the best days, uh, it was telecast in GNU. Hmm. And uh, nobody was suspended, no student was suspended, nothing happened. Yeah, but just like just like the BBC. BBC, yeah, there they were uh, suspended. And the of course, also no one was beaten up also. But I think that this new revenue model is that make these secret propaganda films like Vivek Agnihotri, it will be promoted by everyone from your home minister to your transport minister. Make a cool 30, 40, 50 crore and chill out and retire. Yeah. So, uh, tragic. <laughs> what a retirement plan. Yeah, what a retirement plan. They employ two sets of uh, information to calculate democracy's course. One is very uh, uh, objective indicators, meaning uh, uh, say uh, election participation. So, what was the turnout? Uh, and uh, uh, say on on uh, something like press freedom, they would look whether there were uh, journalists who were arrested or there were sanctions on media. So, basically, very very objective indicators, and then uh, also some subjective indicators. So, each of these uh, institutes had uh, some experts, meaning it could be political scientists. Uh, 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 or social scientists in general, or uh, uh, journalists, or uh, you know, uh, people who have been studying this country uh, for a very, very long time, and they rate uh, country uh, on some questions on a scale of seven, on a scale of ten, and all this information basically uh, used to create one uh, score. Now, Economist uh, has more than sixty criterias, right? So it's not that. Uh, mm. They are uh, saying a country has slipped on democracy scale by one or two points uh, uh, or uh, five or six ranks is just based on one or two indicators. So there is a lot of comprehensive uh, methods that get used to do the democracy ranking. Same does not get followed for the press freedom index for sure, uh, uh, because it's largely based on uh, uh, subjective interpretation of people who are part of this collective reporters without borders and so i don't know who these people are uh, of course they are journalists uh, but uh, for a country like india how many of them are 
making this assessment uh, and and so on so forth so it's not like things are hunky dory but i do feel there is some sort of difference i don't know about how mamata banerji behaves in that uh, and i don't know how the media there is treated now whether these surveys can be subjective objective etc in fact i don't know what the methodologies are i am guessing that it must be how many cases are filed how many journalists assaulted how many journalists killed i think rahul so is making the point we don't know we don't know that which is what rahul was saying it's not transparent hmm. but i'm sure that at least these things things will be taken into consideration hmm. which is journalists assaulted journalists killed and number Arrest. of cases filed against journalists and if you take that in absolute numbers obviously there would be quite a bit in india yes and when we go to international conventions we hear stories from all across the world right except a few countries everybody has the same problems like some of them have worse problems than us but almost is the same the government branding them as anti national george soros features in most of the conspiracy yeah. theories and then people having to leave people being killed so i don't know whether it is comparable that way uh, but if you just look at statistics also we are a large country with so many journalistic organizations so many different governments cases filed journalists assaulted so i think if you go by numbers perhaps yes yeah that actually makes a lot of sense now that you put it that way even if you go by per capita because news is such a big thing here we have more news channels than all of europe put together uh, a ranking um, by very definition is a tool for comparison so uh, it is natural to see which countries are below which are above so if you find countries like afghanistan ranked above india <laughs> then a uh, significant degree of uh, skepticism about the methodology comes uh, second is the scale thing that uh, uh, was being discussed earlier that uh, the sheer scale of india may amplify uh, all the um, metrics taken for consideration that could be a factor but uh, uh, there is also like rahul was talking about objectivity objective measure and experts so experts may have a very uh, more rigorous standard of or may you may in layman's terms say idealistic measure of things to uh, when they uh, compare the democratic uh, uh, parameters in different uh, countries also whether they are taking into account the political culture or other aspects uh, i don't know uh, so that is one thing but uh... so as soon as it came and we found that afghanistan is above us mm. so we put shiv our reporter on the job so he has come out with whatever little so apparently they ask about 117 questions uh, and uh, there are 10 respondents from each country and a, a total of 1800 respondents mm-hmm. okay and and in this 10 respondents uh, could be individual journalists could be media houses or could be uh, experts okay so they, we are again we don't know who these 10 people are and okay now these these are two smaller sample size i mean these people so so that's what i mean if this is the methodology mm. then i think this report is a trash they, i mean if you choose the 10 let's say you choose gorav savant <laughs> navika kumar what is rahul shiv shankar prasar bharti you know raman what's his name um, the boy kanwal rahul kanwal 
Uh, you know, if you, Anjana Kashyap, then we would be at number one. Uh, but if you choose Abhinandan Sekri, then Yara Chandra, <laughs> then we'd be at number. So, I, so the, these ten can move the list. These ten can move the so list. So that's the problem. So that's right? the problem with this report. And I think one point that Dhanya made, which is very important, it's very difficult to tell what is a political proxy, what is a journalist. Like a journalist from stage saying that we will carry your vision forward, telling Modi. Arnab said, I mean, it is bizarre. Then are you a journalist or are you a proxy? And as soon as you become a political proxy, then you're fair game. You see, I think how we see the and this, you know, I think media has itself to blame because now that the template has been set that these guys are such cowards that you throw some money in their face, you slap them around, and they'll do what you say. You watch. You don't have to be an autocratic Modi or an RSS backed. Everyone will do the same because now they know mm. that these guys are such pathetic fools. They'll all do it, and I mean, save this statement. Even the most so so to speak kind-hearted party or leader comes, na? They will do exactly this because the media has shown that this is how we can be controlled, and there is no incentive for the next regime not to do this. Uh, therefore, mm. uh, I don't think there's a com. Yes, in Tamil Nadu, there is a specific culture of uh, huge cutouts and dances and that kind of festivity. But for example, the JDS leader Kumaraswamy, he was doing this. Uh, Yatra for almost four or five months, I think, uh, before the elections were announced. And every place, so every day he would go to a place, and every place he goes to, they'll bring this garland for him. Now this garland is not brought by human beings; it's brought in a crane, so it can't be put on his neck because he'll collapse. So the crane will just come, and the garland will just be in front of him. One day it'll be coconuts, next day it'll be watermelon, then it'll be all sorts of things. So it became fashionable for every ward or every constituency to ensure that. A different, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, garland is made each time Kumaraswamy comes. So they have their own festivities. Hmm. And is I mean, of course, I often say that I don't do crystal ball gazing. I never predict because I've seen too many predictions go horribly wrong. But yeah, I also don't predict. But the uh, and I think maybe Rahul can tell us about the analysis because I think there is one. Uh, is it the Sea Water poll that came out that gave? Uh, Congress a, of, a comfortable uh, a comfortable majority, uh, but based on what I was speaking to a journalist this morning at the same conference that Vignesh is here for, that at the BJP office there is a lack of, you know that they have that jump they have that kind of uh, that uh, cockiness, it's not there. Definitely not. Uh, why is Definitely that? Is, do they don't get along with each other? Yadurappa, Bombay, and all these guys. No, that is one thing. See, there is anti-incumbency. And it is quite strong that the BJP knows, so they are on the back foot. And if you look at the election uh, campaign till this whole Bajrangdal uh, point came up, they were not speaking about Hindutva. Okay, uh, how like, important example, is Bajrangdal there, by the way? It's mostly in the coastal districts. In fact, uh, I was listening to this uh, popular Kannada journalist yesterday. Uh, he was saying that the Bajrangdal's cause seems to have been, been taken up by the BJP, which is itself strange, but. Whether it will resonate with people and make them vote uh, is different. But the BJP is confusing the message, including the Prime Minister, who is saying that all Hanuman devotees, all hmm. Bajrangis, are being targeted. Hmm. So there is a mixed messaging that the BJP is doing deliberately. Now, whether that will uh, confuse people, we don't know. So in Karnataka, and that's why uh, when you see these opinion polls, uh, most of them are not like they are giving Congress a lead. But no one is saying that Congress is basically sweeping this election, or or winning this election uh, very comfortably, 
right? So that's uh, uh, point one. Two, uh, even in Karnataka and those who are traveling, they would know this much better than I do. Uh, Karnataka is regionally very different. Uh, uh, for example, the north uh, Bombay Karnataka region is very different from coastal Karnataka, where you have these issues of communalism, where BJP has a very uh, 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 serious stronghold. Then Hyderabad, Karnataka and central Karnataka, the mining region has a very different voting pattern. And then you have uh, the south and old Mysuru region, where BJP till 2019 was not a significant player. Uh, 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 and the contest used to be only between JDS and Congress till 2019. And so uh, electorally, what was happening in uh, Karnataka, even in last election, that BJP gets lesser votes than Congress, but gets more seats, right? And, and this happens because BJP is not present in one reason and converts its seats in a far greater uh, number in Bombay, Karnataka and, and coastal Karnataka. Right. Now that in 2019, JDS and Congress allied together, it gave BJP a chance to move into South Karnataka, Old Mysuru region. And so the critical question in this election is going to be whether BJP, while retaining its presence in other parts, uh, can uh, uh, still get some seats in the old Mysuru South Karnataka region. If it can't, then BJP can't reach majority. All of you listening in, the Chota Hafta, do subscribe so you can listen to the entire Hafta. We will see you again next week with the Hafta. Till then, subscribe, pay to keep news free because when the public pays, the public is served and advertisers pay. Advertisers served. Thank you. Goodbye. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.